On the podcast, uh, 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 on the podcast, uh, the last cast. Joining us tonight, I teased this a little bit before the break for the audience so they get to hear me say it twice, but I've said it on many episodes before as well. Uh, Pete Ulibar, in addition to being uh, Paul Ulibar's older brother, uh, obviously, for anybody who was wondering, yes, yes, that's Paul's brother. Um, but he was also, in, in addition to many other things that we're about to talk about, but you were the tournament director at the first league that I ever played. And you created a monster. That was in 2013. And then that started the journey that I am on now that has caused my wife to nearly divorce me four times in the last 10 years. Uh, so thanks for that. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't your fault. That's on me. That wasn't Pete's fault at all. We, we can have a long talk about that also on here if you want. So what, what state <laughs> was, was this? Shout Arizona? out to the Disc Golf Widows. Was Arizona the first uh, league that you were in? Uh, that was the first league that I played. Okay. Yeah, and that was okay. where I caught the bug. So right. he was the TD there at Sholo City Park in Sholo, cool. Arizona. So it's all this guy's fault. Well, the two guys that took me there probably, but well, more so than he, him. He, 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 he gave you the push. Um, but no, man, so you're in Arizona. Obviously, I'm sure the weather there right now is spectacular as it is here because it's spring and where is it not nice. But um, one of the, in the preview video that hopefully a lot of people saw me post today, you do a lot of wind-oriented activities. So I know spring and fall are usually pretty rough up there in the White Mountains and the high desert. So uh, what have you been up to lately? Well, I'm actually, um, for the last like six, six years, seven, I'm, yeah, going on, going on seven years, I've been in the Mesa, Phoenix area. Oh, okay. Um, I still have, a, I still have my, my place up in Pine Top, but we had to move down here for my wife's work. She works for uh, Boeing. And mm. so that uh, we, we've been down here. So I, I'm up there a lot, though, because I still run my tournaments up on the mountain. Okay. And um, but so what I've been doing is enjoying the Phoenix weather, which is this is the time of year you want to be here. Yeah. So I think yesterday was our hottest day at like 89, and I about died. And then um, uh, it was hot because we've been in sweaters like at 65. How, how much humidity? <laughs> that's shorts weather. Right. Yeah, in Phoenix, like, that's it's, a winter. It's probably 20% humidity maximum. It's been dry. We, mm. we need rain, Dad. As per usual in Arizona, I, uh, I lived in Sholo for many years and Phoenix for a couple years. And, I mean, I was there for the Rodeo Chedesky Fire. Uh, well, no, actually, I wasn't. Oh, I was in Albuquerque. My my aunt got evacuated, lost a horse in the evacuation okay. and all sorts of stuff. But I remember in Albuquerque, I was working at AOL, which was up in the Northeast Heights, close to Sandia Peak. And the smoke from the fire in Arizona was so thick in the Northeast Heights of Albuquerque that I could not see the mountain from mm. my office. And... It was just like, and then when the sun was like at high noon, it was like the entire sky was red. It was ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, always need water. That fire was something else. That was something else, man. That was uh, that affected a lot of people. I mean, there's sure. been several recently that are almost just as bad. I mean, it, it it's devastating to like drive, and I'm sure it probably looks better now. But the last time I drove out that end of Sholo going towards Globe and the Salt River Canyon, how that just like those miles of just the toothpicks sticking up out of the ground horrible yeah for the guys that haven't been out here there's an area that when you like like basically like if you're looking at the camera here like if you're looking at the state this way up and down you got flagstaff phoenix mm -hmm. um i'm looking backwards now so shallows east so from phoenix you go two and a half hours east to go back to flagstaff you go two and a half hours across so we kind of like make this triangle here and 
the section of the state over here that got burned really was about you drive around and it's probably 45 to 50 miles long and then it covers a massive like 20 miles deep area all wow. burned larger than the area of uh los angeles uh, um the, the city of los angeles is mm. pretty pretty devastating pretty devastating to a lot of like I, i've got family and i've got friends and people that lost a lot of stuff so it was pretty pretty intense time and then there's been other big ones since unfortunately that have trumped it like that have gotten a whole lot bigger and but that's living in the mountains man like it's it's we're in drought years and uh we live in the largest ponderosa pine forest in the, the world, world. Yep. and so it's uh it's a beautiful place to live but it's also you got to be swift to feet if things take off mm, very true um so i always think of melted trash cans when i think arizona <laughs> yeah, there are those <laughs> there are those we've got we've got better polyurethane cans now they okay gotcha <laughs> i can't remember what year that was but i know it's so hot that all the images on social media was like melted trash cans and <laughs> and i was like oh my god i could never do it <laughs> it's, it's nice. too, too hot for me it's an interesting side it's a dry heat but it's a really hot dry heat. oh yeah they say the same thing about colorado <laughs> it's a dry cold it's that's funny it's different yeah Interesting sidetrack while we're on the subject there. Uh, I had a really good buddy of mine that still is a hotshot firefighter out there. And um, oh, it, and I went to get my first COVID shot, my first vaccine shot. And the guy that gave it to me was wearing this polo that had a little shield on it. And I had a word and I had to look real close, but it said globe. And I was like, that's not globe Arizona, is it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, were you a hotshot? He was like, yeah. I was like, did you know Steve Daly? He was like, yeah, I know Steve. So it was crazy. But um, but yeah, shout out to uh, all the hot shots out there saving lives. And that is one job that is crazy. Wildlife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the bravest sure. among us. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess a good place as any to start this conversation, because I want to hear your thoughts and perspective on all sorts of stuff. But uh, I'll, everybody has you know, is familiar with Paul's story and audience, you're going to hear me poke fun at the, him being Paul's brother thing a little bit, but I checked with him first and he's good. cool with it. Cause he's his exact it, it, words where he answers the, the question every day. <laughs> I was into, I was into BMX for years and years and years. I mean, my entire youth was spent at a skate park and through my twenties and uh little bro was along all the time on a skateboard. And I said, why don't you ride a bicycle? He's like, Cause then I'd be known as Pete's little brother. <laughs> that's a cool story nice <laughs> i love it uh so tell me this when did because i have i imagine i've got to imagine that you played disc golf before he did and that you were part of the influence that kind of pulled him into it so when did disc golf happen for you uh it's you're kind of on track but kind of not so like disc golf in a way happened to me Oh man, it had to be like 92, 93. Um, I was a young teenager and um, my parents had taken us up to this place called Malo, Washington. It's like just a few miles south of uh, Canada, north of Spokane, about two and a half hours. And uh, we were at a church camp up there and it was kind of this little independent ministry place that printed publication stuff and sent stuff all over the world. Well, we happened to be there and some guy from Seattle uh, showed up and to do the, the youth stuff. And he brought um, pieces of plywood with two by twos that were like four feet tall, screwed to it. And he set those up all, all around the camp. 
and brought frisbees and so we all got to throw frisbees you know that was one of the things that we did for a little bit and then we all got cut off because we were having too much fun and um they were trying to be too holy down below so we, we had to be we had to be quiet um but that was my first introduction to it and i was absolutely just enthralled with it i loved it so much and then we just i was never around another place that did it and didn't have another frisbee but it always stuck with me man like i just i remember a couple throws i got a big long flight with the lid and and uh so years later um when i was doing stuff for church in sholo uh i found out that there was a disc golf course that got put up and that got put up at woodland woodland and um so I got the youth together and I thought, man, I had this great time. And so I went out there and it was brand new and there was like rocks everywhere. And it was like the most miserable experience because there was no waters. It was just out in this field where the course is now. But um, we were out there for a few hours and I thought, man, that's not at all what I remember. That was that kind of sucked. And so um, I didn't really touch it for a little bit. And um, essentially what what happened is the guy a, a guy from church a friend of ours from church his son was is uh my brother's best friend he's the one that does the editing for paul right now um his dad happened to be like start playing disc golf and his dad um uh was putting um gas at a gas station right down there in sholo and randomly this other guy I'm, I'm, i was trying to think of the guy's name today and i just it's it's eluded me and I'm really sorry because I'm sure he may see this at some point. I'm going to be a shout jerk. out to that guy. But <laughs> that guy is awesome. And I can see his face and he drove a green tundra. I know I can, I can probably go find him in Sholo right now if I drove up. The guy in the green tundra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I know a lot of, anyways, he just, he saw this guy pumping gas and said, Hey man, I work for the city. What do you do? Uh, what do you like to do for fun? He says, man, I play disc golf, but this other course is getting torn down right now or shut down for it because they're remodeling the park. And so we're going to, and he says, well, what's that? And he kind of explained it to him. And he said, well, let's put that at Sholo Park. Why don't you help us do that? And so um, Sholo Park was born, basically, the, the disc golf course that's there. Just from that interaction and, and um, Tim Cox, uh, basically, he had a landscape company. And so it was a lot of his landscape machinery that was used to install that course, along with a shout out to Steve Johnson. He was a course designer at the time. And Covington's and Jack Wood and all these different people that were involved in it. But that, that whole course really came about by that interaction. And because Tim played, my brother got into it not long after they got that course in. And that's kind of that timeline. Um, from there, I just played once in a while. Like I knew he played. I was at that point in time, super into riding my bike, man. Um, I, I spent anywhere from two to five hours an evening at the skate park and go into contests whenever they were, which were far and few between. But um, I'd play once every about once a year with my dad and my brother once he got into it. Um, but, you know, it never really caught me until my knees hurt bad enough from riding too long mm. that I couldn't really ride or do the things I was doing. And I just I started putting on a little weight. I was, got into flying RC planes at the exact same time okay. and um, needed an outlet. And so, like, I started flying RC planes right about the time I met my wife and um was doing that and kind of laying back i was building a house um i did a lot of things going on and so like bmx kind of started falling off because i just couldn't do it um and so i had a few discs in my truck that were from my brother's original sponsorship with discraft and i took them out to the park and threw them around for a minute and 
called my dad and said, Hey, let's play. You know, my idea was I just, when my brother's in town, I'd like to catch up with them and I'd like to catch up with my dad too more often. And so I kind of just started doing it and instantly like that competitive drive that I had from, from BMX and from everything else that I've ever done just was lit. And so I was really lucky enough to, um, the job I had at the time, like when I really got the bug construction had dropped, uh, my parents opened up a restaurant. So I started working with them in the restaurant and at three o'clock we were closed. And so I played uh, disc golf when I got off work and then went home and got my wife and we rode bikes and then went and played disc golf. And so I, I was putting in buku hours. So like what, what allows, I think there's, there's several things you can have talent and you can have um, the ability to, play well but if you don't have the time mm-hmm. you know it's going to take a lot longer i happened to like at the time use the time that i had which was a lot and i played a lot and i even played probably when i shouldn't have been playing i've got an ace one of the one of the, my second or third aces i ever got was with the white a disc that i had just bought for my wife and i went home and the guys had grabbed it from me and signed it and i was like no you got me so busted <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back. Uh, let's go. Play. What's the signature of it? Oh, I got ace today. I was supposed to be uh, getting stuff to build, but I was playing disc golf. <laughs> and of That's course, everybody like, wrote the date next to where oh, they signed man. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, That's it, a good just, story. It, it was like, oh, no, I'd rather not have it signed, guys. I'd, I'd rather, I'm, good. Uh, I'm really excited about it, but I'm really, and they're like, no, boom. And they signed it. And, absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah, so good. Big up to those guys because that would be a travesty for somebody to get an ace and then the people they're playing with not like allow uh, let that person tell them not to sign the disc. You you got to have that memento, man. That's that's everybody needs. That. I can't lie. It happened to me recently. Just not the same way. Uh, buddy of mine hit an ace. He's like, Oh yeah, Marcus, come take the picture. I'm like, Nope. Anybody else got a phone? <laughs> oh boy. He's like, yeah, I got a phone. I'm about to take the picture. He takes the picture. He gets up next. So Marcus, I can't find you. And I was like, yeah, cause you're not supposed to. You're not going to tag me in that picture. <laughs> That's why I didn't take the picture with my phone. You get what's going on here? Yeah. I'm not here, bro. Ain't, ain't, ain't nice show. ace, though. I've been photoshopped into this round. I'll sign a disc, but do not tag me in it. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So clearly, I mean, and I've, I've said this for years, and it's the, the proof is in the pudding. I played your league one time and immediately came back to Nashville and started buying discs, but... You know, I've put a lot of time and effort into uh, one of the le- the leagues that we run, the Wednesday Night Tag Extravaganza at Seven Oaks Park here in Nashville, and I've just always really felt strongly that it is hands down the best way to get new beginning disc golfers plugged into the disc golf community. And uh, I'm sure that you have thoughts on that as well. Are you still running a league now that you're down in the valley? Um, at the moment, I am not. Uh, well. I've been involved with a couple because I've worked with, um, but at the, but I got to a point a couple of years ago where, uh, one year, I mean, I can't, remember, I think I was involved in like 13 events one way or another, like eight of them I ran or 10 of them I was running. And then I played, you know, 20 events and like it, I was, I was burnt out. And so from that point, like I was running league, I was like, I think I was running two leagues and, I was fried. And so um, I kind of just summer hit and I said, I'm done. Um, I about quit. You know, I wasn't really going to quit, but my heart was like, I'm sick of this thing. I'm burnt out. But when you do that, that goes to like when you, you can't do too much. Mm-hmm. And so I had a really good friend of mine that I had met through disc golf. It was a, it was a, um, I was 
because the nature of how the sport is and how I've just, I guess, been. I was playing at this local course that I take care of, Red Mountain, and a guy was out there putting, trying to figure out what, what was going on. And I, and I was like, I, I, it's the joke I tell and I got buddy. So, so this we guy, missed Mike, the last I, part I, of gone, that story. I, you I, were kind of cutting out a little bit and it was trying to catch up with you. Oh, Oh, I said, well, it's basically like kind of a joke. I tell everybody how I met him because he's just, he's one of my very It was just the very last bit, like the punchline of your joke. Oh, oh, the punchline was, and then we became very best friends. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I I was like, hey, buddy, can I help you learn this game? And I gave him tips and pointers and some lessons. And then, yeah, then we're- You want to be friends? We've been good friends. Did we just become best friends? (laughs) You want to be friends? I'm not- Like yeah. disc golf? Uh huh. Uh, Me too. Exactly. Yeah, we're friends now, everybody. Uh, <laughs> That's funny, man. A, a quick aside for the audience: um, Do you collect giant pogs? Yeah, do you? A long time ago, maybe. <laughs> I had some sweet slammers. That's what this is. Uh, I actually have a yo-yo that I purchased the oh other day as an old school memorabilia thing. He just couldn't so wait. Now to bring that we're that on out. old school stuff. Quick aside for the audience: One word said twice means you're old. Yo yo. Okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They're kind of laggy. Maybe that's. Hopefully, it won't show up. All right. Well, to heck with Zoom. I don't know what that was all about. Sounds great now. So yes, uh, to get back to what I was starting to discuss, um, the spiritual aspect of disc golf. Because for me and my background, um, Pete, did a light go off in your house? You're, You're a little dim. It, it, the sun's setting. Let me turn the light oh, on. Oh, no worries, man. I'm nitpicking everything. I made this all difficult. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the sun's setting, man. There's yeah. no pleasing. <laughs> We're in a different time zone. Now, now I'm back with a great shadow on my face. See? Oh, yeah. Perfect. You got to turn your hat backwards. And watch now. now it's going to start doing the clicking again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since them days. See? It's, it's been a light. Cool guy. That's weird. It's yeah, it's got to be Zoom. Um, anyway, yeah, the spiritual aspect of disc golf. I worked in the church for a number of years and uh, I I was very like the main focus of my life was my spiritual pursuit. And one thing I remember is just, it was all about like, for me personally, it was all about trying to better myself as a, as a human, trying to become a better version of myself. And due to some things that happened in several different churches, I I don't go to church anymore, but disc golf has definitely become my church. And I think that was what Neil said Mm -hmm. before the break was that it's become your church. And I feel like, there's so many parallels there. One of the fellowship, the community, but also that there is just something intrinsic and inherent about the pursuing disc golf and being engaged in it, where you find yourself being led by disc golf to try to become a better version of yourself. Would you say that that everybody feels like that's pretty 100%. Yeah. Human resonance. What do you feel like to you? Like the spiritual ties are to disc golf for you. Oh man, that's do you want to go down that rabbit hole? Sure, <laughs> well, that's a long one. Sure, uh, that's what we do here. Okay, yeah. so I was uh, boy, that's a long rabbit hole. Let's see which way. Which way do I go? Uh, okay, so getting dark. Yeah, getting very dark. Much tied just getting to disc golf. <laughs> no, it's 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 it's, it's absolutely wonderful because. My, my my life pursuits have been, you know, I was raised in a church since eight years old, pretty much in, um, we were in this, uh, 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 I think, how do I put it? 
the, the church in a way a lot of the jewish you uh you know this jewish sabbath being kept in a certain way and all these different there's a lot to it um but basically uh there was a point in my life where i was going to go be a pastor that was kind of my my trajectory and um then a certain point in time came and i kind of made the choice not to um you know i was doing a whole lot of things i was riding bikes and doing stuff but i mean like i was solidly in i was solidly deep into theology and um to be honest i haven't like so i kind of i left that church in particular that denomination mainly because i got down the rabbit hole so far that i realized i just couldn't um couldn't preach that that brand of it if you will it just things didn't add up and i'm a guy i'm not a great mathematician but like you know one and one's got to equal two and two and two's got to equal four and if we're going by a different base system, then I'm just going to stick with the one I know. Like spiritual life is still very, very deep, and I still have a pretty strong connection with uh, the, what I would call the creator of whatever. You know, like it's a it's a big rabbit hole there. Yeah, but well, the, I'm with you. I, feel, I think I feel where you're. The one aspect there. Sorry, that is um, tough to find, tough to find in the world. I didn't mean to talk over you there. Uh, Zoom's being weird, but that's all right. It's all good. I'm in a similar boat with you, man. And, and it, it's, uh, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just like so excited to, to like, I don't know. To, I met po- somebody like me. Podcast fail. <laughs> <laughs> After you, Pete. God, man, what is up with Zoom? Tonight? All right, man. So, um, so I kind of got to that place in my life. I got married. My, my wife was raised very much the same way that I was. And I mean, uh, on, on this, on the brand of Adventism, Seventh Day Adventist Church, um, I was raised. We we kind of went. We're we're on really one far side of it. Whereas the super conservative, like I don't mean conservative, like you think in politics. Like I mean, like to the letter of the law, to the letter of like diet. To, I, I'm a, still a vegetarian to this day because it works well with me. But like we didn't, you know, have anything that had to do with pork or meat or shellfish or, I mean, the the, the we we could go all day on that rabbit hole of what what we had gone down as a family through, through my youth and being a kid and stuff. And, uh, that really guided a lot of the ways that I didn't, I didn't compete a lot in my youth in, in athletics and stuff. So like I played a lot of sports by myself, throwing a baseball against the wall and catching it. Bang. You know, I, I was, I got to be a really good one-on-one player at baseball. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, so, so it, it's a, that's why Frisbee's for me, man. That's a one-on-one game. Right. Right. Uh, I love, but I've loved sports. I've always, I've always yeah, I've always loved a bicycle. Uh, I've been in love with a bicycle for my whole life. And it's been less now because I have to choose as an adult, like, am I going to pursue throwing Frisbees or am I going to pursue riding a bike? And I need to kind of find a balance there a little more maybe. But um, as far as the spiritual aspect, I got to this place where I was like, okay, I really, I can't just go to this building because I also was at a place in my life where I can't shut up. Um, you know, I sit down and I, and I want to have community and in community, if you've been if you've been learning things and you've been you've been um, you're being honest with yourself and honest with your environment, then the things that you learn you have to voice. That's what that community is for: is voicing. Um, well, here's where I don't see things lining up, and and so they just came to a place. It was a very like I'm absolutely blessed in a way where I kind of stepped away. It was the right time to step away. Things worked out perfectly. Um, I just said, Hey guys, I, I can't be, you know, please take my membership and, and we'll take it off the books and I'm going to go kind of chase God in my own way and, and the way I feel called. And so I kind of 
left that community in that way. And um, it was kind of like it, like I said, typically you get a church will fight hard for you. And at that point in time, it just, the way things worked out was, I, I look back as like a great, couldn't have been nicer for me at least because I did, I, I'm a non-confrontational person. I just, so that part of it, um, I've always wanted to find a way to become better. My great hope in life is that I'm better than I was yesterday. And um, that's what religion does. If you're, if you're, if you're true to religion, whatever religion you're doing, if you're not bettering yourself, you need to find a different one. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what my opinion is on it. If you are just becoming a toxic human being through the current form of religious pursuit that you're in, it could be disc golf. It could be baseball. It could be poker. If you're becoming a toxic individual, I think it's, it's time to move on and find something else that is going. Cause the thing I think about is there's enough bad in the world. Why do I have to add to it? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, so in my life, I've chosen to pursue things in the most positive way I possibly can. And when I come into disc golf, you know, I kind of just took the sport on. I just love competition and that's the way I went. But what's happened is I've discovered a lot about myself that I didn't know and I wouldn't have um, known uh, otherwise. Because what it's done, and this is the amazing thing, this is the transformation that I can really attest to, is you can learn a lot in religion. And if, if you're wise and you listen to people around you, even pe- even if you're not a believer, if you listen to people carefully um, and, and what they're about, um, one is community, the other is pursuit of becoming a better human. And if you listen carefully to those things, you'll find humanity in people. And what draws people into disc golf is community, first off. You mean I could have friends? <laughs> that's like whoa right like i've met so many people now that that were just out there playing by themselves because they're lonely people they've only been in front of a tv and a video game and and when they go outside of the building who who what these are real people how do i interact with this this is what it seems to be like especially with this generation when you just say hey man we're gonna be back out here next week jump in with us you'll learn how to play some and you know we'll probably make fun of you yeah. And that's and welcome, yeah. uh, and and then they're hooked, or, and then they go start triggered. a club in their own community. And then, <laughs> I had that happen so, once. I started joking um, around with a dude at the tee pad. He was just coming around the turn at the Oaks, and I said, I was just joking around, and I made a little joke after he threw or whatever, and he got heated. Oh, and well, I had to like so sensitive. He was nowadays. so mad. I had to like stop him before he walked away and be like, "Look, man, I am sorry. I was just." Trying to include you in our shenanigans. Yeah, yeah don't you know, let, I, don't let uh, Rodney be on the T-pad when you come. I was up, gonna like, say oh, I man. play with Jody a lot. Yeah, yeah. Jody and Miami and Rodney, and when we're playing, uh-huh. and anyone's gonna Anybody. play through us, they warn them, "Hey, like we're gonna talk good. crap as you're coming through, but we love you." What's, what, what's Rodney saying? <laughs> no peer pressure. Quiet, you know, what, 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 I, I can't remember his saying, but yeah, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> so it's with all love, though. I'm curious. Have you ever gotten the better of of the younger brother in the old disc golf? Ooh. Well, there's one time I kicked him while he was down, and it was unfortunate. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes, one time. One time. It was a match play event. He had just come back from tours, had some tough personal things going on, and I got him by a stroke in match play. But Never, never in stroke play. Uh, it always seems he's just 
He's really, he's really good. good. This game, man. <laughs> he I, is. He I is. met him. This game. Met he him is. one time at a tournament that he had driven overnight to be at and didn't realize that the tournament was super small and nobody, there was two people in the open division and he pulls up and he looks at me and he goes, I need a full division. Will you play up? And I was like, bro, there's only three people in my division and I'm looking for this win. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Cause I'm not going to get the win if I move up and play in your division. No, you're not. And uh, shout out to uh, yeah. Blake uh, Moversbro, or I forget his last name off the top of my head, but he moved Waldron. up. No, not Waldron. Um, Stanley? Stanley. Stanley. He moved up and actually ended up finishing like three strokes off of Paul at Kingston Springs. So, you know, it's hard to even get a birdie there. But I know uh, it's made my experience in church and having to walk away from one or two or more of them, you know, it makes things really weird. Because, like, your spiritual pursuit has framed so much of your life and colored so much of it. And, you know, now so many words feel so weighted all of a sudden. Like, even saying the word God, it feels like you're subscribing to a whole bunch of stuff that you don't necessarily want to subscribe to just because of the way other people characterize God. Where, you know, maybe you're trying not to put Mm -hmm. God into a box. But every time you say God, you feel kind of icky. Like you that's, just that's why I kept correcting myself earlier. I was like, God, universe, whatever you guys want to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this day and age, people like to jump on things like yeah. that. Yeah. It's weird. And well, then I what, try and be careful about that. What? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, oh. I, was, I was just curious as to what I, I am a full blown atheist, as Will knows. But what makes what makes you feel that way to to say out loud what what, what y'all believe? Like, why does it make you feel like where you have to be worried about it? The community that's in of, of just in general, the people, the way church, people have yeah. now. Turned. I, I kind of feel like we're in a sensitive, okay. sensitive section of. I think maybe I should throw the world, it. right? I mean, like sure. people, there's a cancel culture happening right now. You know, um, well, could you imagine Paul Macbeth coming out and going, a, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian, question. I'm conservative, yeah, and all these." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, but if he came out and said that, I mean, what would well, you know? Right, he'll be backlash at some point. Right, from, right. From well, some, not some loud di- enough. From some direction, you know. Because <laughs> I'm sure I have, I've read, I, you know, you'd be reading those comments of people that just, uh, for whatever reason, um, the, the, the people are polarized this time. You know, if they think you're on the right, you're left. You know what I mean? It's just, um, there's no... It's easy to put, no people, it's easy to put anymore, people in you know? boxes. So I get what you're saying. And not, and totally. you put them in a box and that's where they stay. You don't have to yeah. know about them right. anymore. Yeah. You don't have to learn oh, about who they really are. You have to say one word in the social media world and you're... You're putting that that box forever. You know what I mean? And you got to be really careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or I feel like you have to be careful. I don't know if you really have to be. I, I'm now that I'm 45. I'm kind of like in this like you know, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like really, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just moving on. Yep. So. Okay. Well, we can move off of the really sorry, that question. Pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> I already did it. It's fine. <laughs> no pineapple. Go for it, Pete. I, I don't mind. <laughs> I can answer it a little bit. Community. Welcome to community. Really, honestly, like. Sure. Um, I spent a lot of my life trying to convince people is my experience is mine, right? Right. I've, 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 uh, I've had some pretty deep experiences that, that I'm not sure, like I would love to share with you personally, not on a podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, um, but, but, you know, like I've, I've had things in my life that are very much, um, 
proofs to me of something, something bigger than myself, something bigger than the world I set in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The, the thing like by saying, okay, I'm a Christian, I, I've had problems with that at times because Christianity more recently, and I mean, throughout the ages has been put in a box, has been put in a box. Oh, so now you're, you're mm-hmm. a Christian, you're a Republican, you're a this, you're a that. And it's like, man, I, I, I don't like the boxes because if we were to sit down and have a conversation about really kind of the things that I believe and things that I, the dance floors I dance on, boy, it is, it is let's like, like if I, if I go like this, I, I play guitar, piano, mandolin, I fly RC planes. I drive a pickup truck. I believe in organic food. And this, this box over here, you know, like with all the yeah. earth nuggets and, and, and granola people because earth of the certain nuggets I have there. People. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to use that too. But, but at the same time. Well, <laughs> earth nuggets. I love it. I feel like it's, you say that. Yeah. It's, it's such a broad range to, for us to put people in boxes, you know, like it's, it's like going, well, you, you, you play disc golf style. Like it doesn't look good on me. It makes me look old. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, right. Right. So it, it's, it's well, instantly the boxes that we find to put, classify each other yeah. to, to, to your question. Like why, like for, for those, like you, you said you um, are full blown atheist. So like the, the, why, why would you, not you, like you asked me a question kind of, of, of being able to quantify or say what I believe. Um, no. It's kind of like, well, there's the, uh, what do you, what, what, go ahead. I guess my question so was maybe I misunderstood. I, I was asking, Will was saying that sometimes okay. it feels icky to say the word God, and I was just curious why that is yeah. to say. Well, so. I could elaborate if you were. Uh, yeah, that's what, what I was just saying. asking well, both just of you. Because like, I feel like Paul said that oh, yeah, he, yeah. or I mean, Pete said that he, uh, He's careful about that, and so yeah. I'm just curious because well, I don't come. I come from a very deeply religious thing, but I don't come from that mindset. So I'm curious as to why that, why y'all, have to, why you're being careful. Well, the reason why. that I said that is because when I say, like, if I'm in a conversation with somebody, especially if I'm in a conversation with somebody who I can tell is genuinely like seeking spiritual truth, uh-huh. and because I'm a person who has a background in the church, and you know, like, I feel like I'm in a position to offer guidance and. I don't want to do say something inadvertently that's going to point the person what, down the t- wrong path or down the path that I went down. And so it's like when I say God, I feel like instantly I have okay. just said everything that I did not like about what was being said in the church, even though all I was talking about is the creative force in the universe, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. sounds super crystally woo woo granola people to okay, say the you. creative force of the universe. Cause I don't understand nuggets. God. I don't know what God is. I don't know what, how it works. And I'm I'm right. I'm okay with that. You yeah. know, I don't need sure. to know everything. But like Pete, I also had a lot of experiences while I was in the church that I can't deny. And when I walked away, it was mainly because I felt like I couldn't be a part of something that was that exclusive and like pushed people out of it. And I felt like that truth was for everybody, much like disc golf. And I had a really interesting conversation with a Catholic priest once after I left the church. And, you know, he was saying basically like, you know, it, He's like, yeah, I totally agree with you. He said, God will reveal himself to everybody on his own terms in ways they can understand. There might be some island nation of undiscovered people out there somewhere that worships trees because that's how God revealed himself to them. He's like, you know, and and that's between them and their God. 
And that's an interesting take. And I asked him, I said, well, who do you think's going to hell? And he said, probably Catholic priests. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to elaborate at all. Well, no, he said, he said, because it's one thing to know the truth. It's another thing to live by. Right, right, right. And I think that's where people. That's just being honest. Like if we're. we're... One of my favorite authors, uh, and it might bore the lights out of you guys is. One of my favorite authors is uh, Wendell Berry. He's 80s right now. He lives in Kentucky. He's a uh, agrarian farmer that plows his fields with mules because he's mm. uh, taking a life stance. He's been he's one of the most accredited American authors there is, and um, he he writes a lot about um, taking care of the earth and our responsibility to it, and you know. Um, so I've been listening to more of his stuff recently. And I mean, it's, it, it's an archive of stuff that goes back to the, to the 50s and 60s because he's been around a long time writing. But um, with that, like, you know, well, like I said, it's a long rabbit hole. I apologize. I got to make sure I stay in line here. It's hard. Uh, it's really hard that, in this podcast. Understanding our responsibility. <laughs> so like, wh- no, it, it's good because I, I really, I appreciate you, you, you letting me kind of go down some, some different rabbit holes that are some of my favorite things on the planet, man. Oh, we definitely we can't just talk, talk disc golf the like, whole time. This is, oh, this is disc golf. This yeah, is yeah. disc golf to me. life, bro. Disc golf is life. So, this is life. It is, man. And, and so like, understanding the damage that we do with our words to the world, the, the damage we do to each other with words is uh, super important. And that, that, you know, our intent with the things we say versus what we actually say, it's important to know, to articulate well. And when I want to have a, con- so this is, spi- this is the spirituality of it all in a nutshell. When I step up to somebody who I'm learning, who I'm going to teach to play disc golf, who I'm going to show something, I will refer instantly, what sports have you played? What have you, who are you? What, what is your abilities, right? Like, where, where are you? And we'll have a discussion about maybe some sport. Maybe they play pool. I can use pool to teach you how to play disc golf. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe they played soccer. Okay, we got your footwork down. May, you know, maybe you played football. Okay, so now we got a good swing over the overhand. You know, we, I got so many ways I can go. And then... Um, one of my favorite things to do, one thing that I think is missing in disc golf more than anything is mentorship. Mentorship. And yeah. so one of my favorite things to do is just kind of like carefully take somebody under the wing. And it's not to say like, I know everything. No, man, I'm, I'm a wreck of a human at times. And sometimes I feel like I'm okay, but like, that's probably when everybody else thinks I'm a wreck. So it's just, if we have that humility about us to understand that we can take the information that we know, and I've got all this archive of information. And so it's about learning a language that you know. Um, as an atheist, I need to know some of the language that you know. And so, you know what? I, I've, I have sucked as a human in the past at understanding to even like sit down and, and be able to have a conversation of where you come from, mm-hmm. you know? And I apologize to anybody I've ever had a, had a conversation with that I was a wreck of a human at that because I did not know your language. Well, I didn't know it. And that's and no fault of yours. When I take the time to begin to know you, no, no, no. But, but, it, but, it's, but it's the fault of arrogance in the heart to, to think that I may know something that you don't and to force that on that's, you as if you need to learn my language. That's brilliant. You said. And so, yeah. so like for me to just come into you and say like, you're going to learn disc golf, my language, that's arrogant. But if I can find a way to like understand you and understand where you come from, 
then I have a way that we can kind of like start walking down a road in community, walking down a road and have a friendship because I, I can tell you, I, some of my major changes in my life came from people that were not anywhere in the nearest neighborhood of my spiritual walk or my walk as a human or my walk as just a person. If spiritual, if the word spiritual makes people offense, it's just my walk as a human. And those things that transcended life and liberty and happiness that ch- changed my trajectory came from people that I would never have expected. Yeah. Wow. And so I, I think our understanding of words to that, our understanding of being able to understand each other, disc golf in a way is another form of community. Soccer is a form of community. Absolutely. Skate park is a form of community. And, and that's what holds these subcultures together is community and learning each other's language. And that's what's awesome about disc golf is now I can step in and I can, I can take somebody and I can just have a conversation about what it means to throw on a straight line. You know, think about how deep that is. Yeah. What is a straight line? It's the hardest darn thing in the world to try and accomplish with the disc. It is. But if we connect the points in a line, then it becomes magical. Yeah. It transcends everything in the sport. And like to just hit a line and be like, wow, and see flight, which is beautiful, far beyond what we're capable of. Yeah. You really articulated that beautifully, by the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm really blown away by what you just said about Very words well, and learning, well, people, you and learning people's language. I'm, I'm going to take that with me for the rest of my life, man. That was great. Yeah. It's good. You can tell you've, I mean, obviously thought rather deep into the, some of this and the intelligence obviously is, it definitely shines through it. But, you know, you, you pointed out that basically the two are community and that that is what that spiritualness is, I guess, in a sense. Is that correct? Is that what I gather yeah. in that correctly? Well, that for sure, for sure. So, you, what makes uh, what what I would go what, what? Go ahead. Let me let please finish. Well, I was just gonna say to to add to that when when you say that you you didn't know that language when you're brought up in that 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 community and and that spiritualness, you're not taught any other way. You're no, you're only taught and this is the right way and there is no other there is no other way, and it's the the us versus the, us versus them. And so for somebody who comes from that, because I, I, I came from a Jehovah witness background and my, my family side, and I'm talking devout such as yours. Like when you step away from that yeah. and can, and see it from a different perspective. And, and like you said, you didn't know the language, so it was hard for you to have conversations, but whatever point you are now in life, you've, you can have those conversations. And that's, those are the steps that make that what you're talking about togetherness i feel like and i that's i appreciated that and oh yeah absolutely absolutely man like uh i've i some of my favorite like like religious conversations have been with jehovah's witness actually because they're the one people that have actually looked at (laughs) if you if because they looked at a book like they look at the book and they they can we can like if they want it good no finish your say and and i'll then i'll say what i was gonna say go ahead oh i was just saying because it's like when 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 I was in digging deep in, in into the book, like mm-hmm. the Bible is the book I'm talking about. Um, if you don't like that, we can bleep that out. And oh no, you're good. People. Ah, screw them. I don't <laughs> but, care. But uh, like when I had <laughs> in, in that in, in that realm, those guys um, then uh, <laughs> then they're, but they're they're the few people that could actually go pretty deep on the subject because they've read they're they're pretty well read in the document. Cool. Um, so I've appreciated that. Like. 
Are you talking about in, in the Bible itself? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, just, just reading the Bible. Just just like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty crazy book, honestly. Like, I, I get it. It's a good it's, read. It's a wild ride. Some if you, commitment. Have you, if it's a good read, it's a wild ride, and it's a very challenging one. Yeah, yeah and there's a lot of truth in there, but just like anything, you know, you have to understand context, intent. Those books were written in a different time for very different people. And so you have so many different translations of Mm -hmm. it is because you're trying to make it relatable to a new type of human. And, and and I think that there, and you know, obviously if we could get into this and really light some fires for any audience members that are religious and in the church, I mean, but just historically speaking, I mean, there is worth in the Bible, even if it is not 100% handwritten by the Lord and master of the universe. Like, yeah. Like, or meant to be taken literally. Or meant to be taken literally. It could very, it is just as useful in shaping a decent person, whether or not mm-hmm. Adam and Eve talked to a snake or a burning bush talked to Moses or Jesus turned bush. water into wine. Like whether or not those things happen, there's still value to it. I think we, I think we can all agree that, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't kill. I think yeah. that's a yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. with that. Shouldn't cheat on your wife. We, yeah. we probably <laughs> should. You know, like probably you're going down the fairway and you throw a there. shot and you it's, it's, you throw a disc down the fairway and you smite somebody in the head and you kill them. You've there's, been smoting. You that know, was an accident, is, though. Don't still, so don't 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 take strokes <laughs> from me that you didn't actually throw. You know, like sure. there's there's very relatable stuff here. You yeah. know, like and it's so, uh, one. So, so, so one, I've I'll, had a I'm disc go walk there and then I'll, I'll, I'll we'll I checked with the, the TD and, and that's OB. It's OB. Too funny. It's, no, it's uh, it, it's but it's awesome too because yeah. Uh, so but, oh, sorry. One ahead. of the number one things that this is the go ahead. No, no, no you finish. I, no. I there's, there's a lag. Can so. say there's one of the lag. number one things that I go with. That, yeah, I see that. The uh, one of the number one things that I that I that I work on with people like now because I go like the spiritual side of golf is it'll change your life if you're honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Golf is all about if you're going to be honest with yourself or not. Mm-hmm. And so is uh is. There's something, one of my favorite quotes, and it doesn't matter who it came from, but we know who it came from. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. That means, that means if you don't love yourself, your neighbor is going to not be happy with you because you're going to be a jerk. Um, you so if you learn if you don't. how to be kind to yourself, then your neighbor is actually going to benefit because then you're going to know how to be kind to your neighbor because you're going to have a little mercy for the people around you. You're going to have mercy for your community. Um, mercy meaning you're going to be you're going to be patient with people because you know that you it's hard to be patient with yourself. And so that's a lesson that goes so deep in golf that like, you know, if when my transformation in disc golf, I got into the hat, the old habits of like where I'd squeeze my disc and punch myself for a little bit or smack myself if I'd miss a putt. And I can it's a learned behavior actually. Yeah. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, we, 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 where we becomes acceptable in the community to be a jerk to yourself and oh yeah, he missed a putt. He should feel bad. You know, whatever, our, right. whatever our ways that we think about it is. But like um, I came to a place really honestly, like where I, I looked at Instagram and I had like 500 people. I wouldn't even paint it. I was just putting pretty pictures on Instagram. I had five or 600 people on there. And I thought, Holy crap, five or 600 people are paying attention to something that I'm doing. That's pretty weighty. Um, so from now on, at this point in my life, I, I'm not going to engage in negativity on s- social media at all. I won't engage. I, I'll, if there's something that needs engaged, I'll give a phone call. 
I'll uh, get, you know, I'll drive over and meet with somebody, but I will not engage. And I'm going to only, I'm going to only promote positive stuff through my, through, through what I do. What? And that was a transformation. But what that also demanded of me was that I was honest with myself that I was no longer going to be because I had, I said, okay, I've got to be kind to myself and I haven't been kind to myself. And so what this did is it led me down and it leads everybody down a behavior path where when you start hitting yourself or being unkind to yourself, that, that psychologically you build up anxiety. You, you miss a pot, your body knows what's coming. It's going to get a whooping, right? Like it's going to get a tongue lashing. Some people like so, that. Um, but that's that whole thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Anyhow, like I, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm just blabbing. And no, no, you're no, not. I, I was letting you I finish. That, I think that's what we do here. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> they sure did right let here. me blab too. It's <laughs> that when you're talking about the negative, how much did you learn from from taking that approach to to not seeing things as negative or not interacting with the negative part of it? Because to me, I feel like if you're not immediately going there, which is like 90 percent of the world, if you don't immediately go there, you're going to learn something if you don't know. And so I feel like I feel like you had to have learned much, much more by by just looking at everything at, and not dealing with the negative. Is that possibly true? You feel like that opens you up to learning more? Um, yeah, for sure. Because what it means is it means that all of a sudden maybe I don't know everything. It's right. one thing, like especially when negative stuff pops up or you feel like you know or, you know, I got a million calls on what's the rules call on this oh i know you know like and then then you end up in the middle of a fight or you end up in the middle of something or somebody said you know it's just it's just one of those things that social media is a, a, a dude it's, it's a, a it's a terrible it's a quagmire thing. we were it's not game, ready for it's it a, it's a if we as a we as a as a creature on the earth are not prepared nope. for this yeah. It's, we're not ready for yeah. it. And I think there's one thing like it's, it's far above our, our collective ability to handle. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Well, you and want I think there's something to be said about not being able to, when I'm sitting with someone and having a conversation with them, we're not going to engage in that negative speak together because we have a respect. We're in the same room. Right. And I think people lose that filter. Mm. Oh, they definitely <laughs> lose it. You know, yeah. because I'm Keyboard not sitting across warriors. from you. Cause you don't you know? want, nobody wants to hurt the person's feelings that they're speaking right. with, they wouldn't be interacting with the person to begin with. It's, it's this right. loose sense of anonymity. That's not rooted in any remote version of reality that right. social media provides. And it gives everybody this, this perceived buffer between them and the consequences of their speech. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think what we said on the, what I said yeah. on the podcast before is like the point here in this whole cancel culture maelstrom is one Keep your sense of humor alive, mm. but two, have a little regard for your fellow man right. and the feelings of others. And right. understand that sometimes writing doesn't express emotion well, see, or intent. Gonna, that's why I was going to go right there. Also, oh, like no. what you I can't tell you how many like times I've texted like, my wife and she took it the wrong yeah, way. Oh, I was like, no, no, I didn't no, mean that. that. I've literally watched You can hear the inflection in her voice. You can actually see where they're going to. Body language and all that. Like looking in her eyes and all that good stuff. And like, and when you're looking online, you're reading someone else's like writing their texts, and you just look. You're trying to think to yourself like, okay, so. Where are you coming from with this? Like, and you're perceiving what, it with your mood, right? Yeah. Whatever with mood your you're mood, in at that yeah. moment, right? Yeah. Are you, you in a bad mood? mood so you're in. taking it negatively, or right. are you in a good? But mood again, what's the intent? What's the right. context? Not yeah, what true. is the mouth sound you're making? Yeah, yeah. But, and not when did are, when did you, did you just roll your eyes? Your Facebook and see <laughs> you know, what year funny. you said this. What's funny about that? It doesn't matter if you were 15. That's that's why emojis are so important because it actually like adds a little something extra to the text that you see with somebody saying. You know, if these. 
like uh, I was at work and um, somebody texted me and they're like, oh, this picture is like, you know, like six inches too high. I can't believe that person got paid for this. LOL. You should fire that person. I'm like, what the what? I should fire him? Like, what are you really talking about? And he's like, oh, man, but when I, when I say LOL, I mean, I'm just joking. I'm not really, like, saying it like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Because you kind of, like, just put me in a bad mood by saying right, that. Right, right. Hey, that's dude, all funny. That makes me I've, feel bad. I've done 145 <laughs> of these pictures, bro. Right, right. And you're telling me I <laughs> messed this one up, You about man? one that's, like, six inches off. Then I'm like, man, dude, like, all you got to do is tell me to, like, fix the picture. But why you got to keep on talking yeah. about it? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you said emoji. Yeah. Come on, man. It's interesting to me you said emoji when we talk about language because if you look at it we've gone what i don't know 20 however long twenty thousand years from the egyptians fifteen thousand. that's and contested. we're now using hieroglyphics again yeah okay yeah, to express yeah. our like yeah. express things symbols for math, you know, you know, things like, like we're writing on a wall right yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah that's, like, a good, you know, that's a good if point you think about, like, drawing pictures on, we're like this is for the future and we're drawing <laughs> it on a wall thinking that it's going to be understood right exactly <laughs> It, like, interesting. It's it's funny because and we're worse artists than, than, than as a general collective than everybody ever has been in the history of petroglyphs. Oh, have you seen people's handwriting? I mean, mine's always been bad, and I had to, you know, I even wrote. Mm-hmm. But kids nowadays, oh my lord! Yeah, true, very yeah. true. Because they mean, type everything. They don't wait, even wait, try wait. to teach them how to write in cursive. No, no my daughter cursive is just like whoa. Was that yeah, Spanish? my daughter Crazy. just turned fifteen, and uh, her uh, grandmother taught her how to read and write. Cursive. Cursive, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That dying. was like my favorite thing when I was a kid. I remember being in like second grade and I couldn't wait to get to third hey, you grade because that when they started teaching you how to write in cursive. Oh, you're will sick. You disc- so you're cool. sick. Will you bring the disc up from the tournament I'm running? <laughs> I was a science guy. The Mike Lane Classic. <laughs> Can you bring it up? The disc? Which one? The Mike Lane Classic. What about it? It's oh, the, the, the picture? Yeah. And, oh, that's yeah. Why, and that's one reason. Like, on this, you, you check this out. Look on the screen. As soon as he brings it up, you'll see uh, that I don't I put actually... Well, maybe he lost it. But I actually... Yeah, I don't put have the classic part in cursive, you know, just like kind of bring like the classic feel, right? To the right, because it's classic, like, oh, yeah, sure. Right. I like that. I see where you. I, yeah, because yeah, I was like trying to like think about the design for this. This, I'm like, okay, the word classic, like what what embodies classic? Coca Cola, you know? huh? That's what I think when I hear classic Coca Cola. We'll kick you in your classic ass right That's now. That's what I think. <laughs> whoa, whoa, sir. Don't tell I don't know, me with a good time. <laughs> I think classic cars myself. That, but, uh, that's like the first or second place I went was classic cars. Yeah, but. yeah, I think classic cars. I wouldn't do very well on Family I don't think Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> That's elephant. Oh my lord. What do you tell oh, my California with two out. black eyes? You already told Classic. him twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, remember that being. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and and clearly Pete, I mean like he, uh, I mean, we are really it, it's I'm Oh, you blew my mind, bro. I don't even know words no more. Yeah, um, I, no, forgot no, we're, I forgot Joe we're in a podcast me, talking about disc golf. Man. I knew that you, you know, obviously, <laughs> it's awesome. I, I, how I was introduced to you and, and your reputation within the world that we operate in. Like, I knew you were a leader, I knew you were a wise person, you had a lot to offer to the disc golf community. And it's really awesome to hear you like say these things that like resonate with me. And this is like, and it just it's one of those things when you hear truth and it's like you feel it, you know what I mean? Like, you hear. A concept, an idea, and you feel that it's true. It's like that's the the best parts of being religious or being in a church community. That's what that was. It was like 
there is truth being shared by people that you love and you feel it in your soul. And that's something that you get out of disc golf in a very real way. I was always really, really impressed with uh, Patrick McCormick and Zen and the art of disc golf because he had a really interesting background in with spirituality as well, because he is a Christian. He's actively involved in the church, but he had a, a background in martial arts. And so he was exposed to a lot of Eastern philosophies and meditation and uh, Buddhism and yoga and things like that. And the way he writes about it is it just like a spiritual pursuit. Disc golf is the, the, the labor at balancing and, con- and being in control of your mind, body, and spirit. Mm, I, and yeah. he goes into detail about the ways sure, that sure. disc golf it tunes your spirit and your mind and your body and brings the three together. And any worthwhile pursuit if does you're that. you're willing to, some to let extent. it happen, it's worth it. Yep. Well, I can tell you the eight years sure. that I couldn't play, um, I felt lost and broken. You know, and then when I these last two years that I've been able to play again, um, I have a sense of um, betterment. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel um, I have a way to. I have my outlet back. You know, I have my community back. I have right. uh, you know, I make new friends almost every day. You know, I just I just met you Saturday. Yeah. You know, um, we've been talking online, but today's yeah. the first formal day uh, that we've uh, met. Formal. Um, you know, I just I, I have a sense. Uh, my sense of self is back. You know, my I'm a happier human playing disc golf. You know. Yeah. And I'm always, uh, you know, trying to better myself. I'm out there with my putting breath. Uh, putting baskets, you know, yep. <laughs> putting back and forth. And why is this 40 foot or why am I only at 40%? Got to beat the know? course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and trying to figure it out. And I, I love it. I love it. Okay. So we've covered real life. Um, we're kind of touching back on disc golf. Sorry about that audience. We're, we're reining it in. We're, we're, we're course correcting. Um, you turn, but we're getting there in our own speed and that's okay. Cause this that's is our show. This- yeah, we're more than just disc golf. We oh, got. Yeah, you ever just uh-huh. catch up with me? This is what's going to happen to you. I'm going to talk about a million different things. I don't know where to stop you're, because it's just all one rabbit hole that keeps going. Oh, yeah. So it's all cunning lingo. That's life. Right. It's like big right. circle. I just pop out on this side. Hey, I got this idea. Hey, I got this idea. <laughs> right. Pretty <laughs> big circle. Yeah, that's, and, and it makes wow. for great conversation. Yeah, for sure. And wonderful podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is our crossover episode. This is where we uh, we appeal to the podcast market outside of Discord. We may have to... We may, never mind. <laughs> yeah, this is going to show up on church podcast oh. networks now. Not with the, the language we used in the first half of the show, but... Uh, we find out. A, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we all... a PG? We're going to do a PG podcast? Yeah. yeah. The glow round. <laughs> it's just a mouth. It's just a noise you make with your mouth. Yeah. Um, ASMR. ASMR on the last cash. That's right. Uh, so you uh, obviously you are a man of many many passions, many interests and hobbies. I know. Uh, clarify something for me because I know that all drones are RC aircraft, but not all RC aircraft are dr- are drones. And I know that the two have very specific followings and communities based around them. You clearly. Or in the middle of that Venn diagram, but what is uh, how does that break down? Any 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 clarification? You can a, yeah, Marcus has a great story about an RC plane that I want him to tell. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. You can tell the story, but I was going to ask you also. Did um, Paul uh, tell you about the uh, RC course at what well, the is it called? The RC course was it called? Oh, it came rich. 
Oh, it's a RC air air, air plane defense uh, testing facility. Fly your planes. Whatever name. name. Oh, a bunch right. of guys go out there and fly yeah, RC planes. I swear planes. that says airfield. Right over the disc golf course. It? It's airfield. Oh yeah. It says RC airfield. RC oh, airfield. Right? There you go. That's what it is. Yeah, I, th- I think they, they got some cool ones out there, bro. I guess certain times of the week you can go out and find people flying um, F-16s. Um, I mean, you name it. They got all kind of different types of planes out there. Yeah. And while you're playing disc golf, you definitely look up and you're like, oh, what is that? Yeah, I was yeah. playing out there. First or, time I was playing out there, I heard... Or they look up and see who is this coming out. What is that, man? We'll finish it. It's an F-16. No, you got to tell it. Because, yeah. What, 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 what was it, 13? I don't know if I was there when the plane crashed. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, we were going uh, down hole 13, I believe it was. And, like, sure enough, man, I'm throwing this great drive. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling myself. And the next guy gets up, and he's about to throw his drive. And we heard planes, like, flying all day, all day. And they, all of a sudden, I was like, man, that one sounds really close. And, like, sure enough, like, it comes down, like, literally, like, 40, 50 feet in front of us to the right. Huge plane. I had no clue how big these little RC planes were. Like it's like the size of me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Definitely could have taken me out, bro. Yeah, bro. In the preview video, there, there's a shot of him getting one airborne. And you, he has to like swing it like David swinging a sling at Goliath to get it. Well, here we go, biblical again. <laughs> oh, bro, you gotta go with that. Nice. Yeah, look at my life flashing for my eyes. Yeah. yeah, I had to do it. I think I've had the closest encounter of, of, a, of a plane coming down at me. Yeah, RC I didn't know they were that big either. Oh, I mean, that F 16 that was flying out there at Cane Ridge that one day, it sounded like a real jet. Uh, yeah. I was like, at least what you hear it coming. That's true. You got a chance. Let's let him answer the question, shall we? <laughs> what was the question? Do you well, remember, Pete? Diff- well, or or just so, expound on the RC aircraft. The di- oh. So the difference between a drone and uh, an RC plane is a drone is a male bee that is used only one time in the reproduction of the bee colony so that uh, the female can lay eggs, uh, and then you can have worker bees. That's sure. what a drone is. Next. Uh, uh, what do you think about uh, I feel a colony collapses? Wait a minute. Pro, uh, what do you think about uh, electromagnetic frequency? Whiskey, dude. What do you think about the bees? Okay, being, also, let's add this to the scrolling text. About also, amateur <laughs> botanist, no, what is it? Zoologist, no, arthropologist. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Man, I sit here with my jaw dropped, man. So sorry. Audience, uh, I was like, "What is he talking college. about? <laughs> what? Can you spell that?" <laughs> D R O N E. Um, Thank so, you. A drone te- technically is any unmanned flying vehicle. Um, the problem that's happened in the last twelve years since DJI really became a thing, and they started making the Phantoms and stuff, and they became a little more GPS flying going off a of gps is that it introduced into the hobby of flying um a, an entire new class of people who don't know how to fly and what happened is that then created government classifications more for what was once a hobbyist endeavor and so drones typically are autonomous and they can fly of their own accord okay so i can program a drone be it an airplane or a quadcopter or an octocopter to go and, and run a program and fly out to somewhere, come back. Or I can have like, like the, the Mavics or the, the DJI drones nowadays. I can connect it to my phone. It operates connected to a satellite and I can fly it around, but I can let go of the sticks and hit a button. And it'll fly back to me or fly wherever I tell it. So that's typically what falls under the, the main understanding of what a drone is. Um, the hobbyist side of it is dealing in RC aircraft that are flown 
by line of sight, visual line of sight, and you're always in control of it yourself. So if anything happens, it's pilot error. If anything, anything that happens, or if you have a, uh, a blackout or anything, that's your fault for not having the correct equipment. Whereas with the drone, it, it tends to be, you, you know, if you lose satellite, the thing can fly away. There's a whole lot of issues that have come up with that. And so there's been a big change in the, in the industry and in the sport of flying because now it has brought in the FAA and a whole lot of things. And so what they have done is they've kind of made limits on what you're allowed to fly by weight. Something over 250 grams has to have, uh, you have to get special licenses and stuff to fly in certain areas and special permissions to fly and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So the planes that I like, I fly those. Um, but, uh, what I enjoy flying is RC sailplanes. I got into the fast RC planes, stuff that goes hundred miles an hour and you know, really fast stuff. But several years ago, this is a disc golf story. It, it is a hundred percent a disc golf story. I was into <laughs> RC, got into disc golf. It, it kind of laid down quiet for a while. And then I was playing disc golf at Fountain Hills um, about three years ago with a guy named George Morris. And George has been, um, I met him years ago in Tucson at a tournament. And he, uh, it's like, look at the, look at the Hawks. They're soaring. Check that out. They're on a thermal, you know? And he's like, oh yeah, I fly planes. I, I, I catch those things and go with them. Yeah. He just, he was so unassuming about it. I was like, well, what? That's cool, man. Did you see, you know? And he just was like, oh yeah. And uh, so I ended up playing this plane at Fountain Hills with him and whole, uh, seven of the memorial layout and the wind the prevailing wind should have been left to right over the shoulder tailwind and i knew by that point in time that um that it was a thermal of some sort like thermal generated uh do you guys know what thermals are like this is the mm -hmm. big joke around yeah. here is anytime they mention my name they go thermal, hey, you the thermal guy. Um, <laughs> so okay in the deep they, south they, they call them they, long johns they, but just, here we, let's, we do let's take an extreme thermal. example of a the thermal, uh, oh, a very shit. extreme example of a thermal that. would be a dust a devil. I didn't get it. Yeah. It took me a few oh, seconds. Now I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Long Johns, what are you talking about? Oh. Oh, oh I got oh. it. I got silks. Okay. We could also have silks. <laughs> but I yeah. so, um, so a thermal is basically a warm air, warm air that's rising. Sure. And if you watch hawks or vultures soar, they're, they're soaring on masses of hot air that's rising. And what happens with that is when it gets, if you have something like that uh, going on near the ground, it pulls air into it from all directions. So if you have this, this mass of air going up right here, it pulls air into it. And so what had happened is I knew that there was something like that going on, but I had a direct headwind. I didn't know how to read or know what was going on, but I said, there's a thermal here somewhere because this shouldn't be a headwind. And George, who, uh, is like, I call him the wind whisperer 5,000. He's just a genius. Him and his brother are just amazing at this. He like looks over his shoulder and he goes, it's right there. And um, I just, at that moment, I said, George, I know you fly these planes, but I have to know. Because instantly the moment he pointed out and he showed me how the water was, had ripples on it and was moving, I instantly understood what was going on between me and the basket. I looked back out at this 200 foot hole and the tree right next to me was moving pretty heavily, this headwind beyond the tree like 150 feet away the other tree not moving at all so i understood that this this influence that i was feeling was only within 100 feet of me and that down the fairway all i had to do was beat the initial headwind of about 100 feet and beyond it it was calm and so 
that understanding, I parked the hole and I was like, whoa, what just happened? And so I just told him, I said, George, I want to get one of those planes that you fly. I, I know they're, they're not cheap, but I've got to, I've got to figure this out. Cause that that's mind blowing to me. And this is going to change the way that I think of golf. And so through him and through the community of soaring pilots here in the Valley of, uh, in Phoenix, um, I got hooked up with a guy that got me a plane for really cheap. Now it's a, it's a one and a half meter glider that is um, it literally weighs 210 grams. So it's like a Frisbee and a quarter and it's, I'll, I'll, I'll pull one down in a second to show you. Like it's, they're, they're amazing. And so I, I began learning to fly it. Now I was terrified of it because it's a fully carbon plane, carbon fiber. It weighs like a feather. It's brittle like eggs, but it's strong as, you know, a rock. So it's like, it's got, well, I took it out and I threw it as my first test flight across this basin. And I was scared, you know, like, boy, because I'm used to flying like basically styrofoam planes. Yeah. And I threw it. And the basin, like out here in Phoenix, a lot of our, our parks and uh, grassy areas are basins. So, like, they dig out an area. So, when it rains, when it rains all the flood water is going to these basins. It's like a 10-foot deep basin. I threw it off the top, expecting to be like, oh, man. And the thing, like an arrow, took glide, like, all the way across the field. I was scared. To, I, just, I was so mesmerized. It flew, except from 10 feet high, it flew almost 300 feet. And I thought, oh, I can do this. And so I started learning how to throw it. Now, what you saw on the video, I'm on on the video there was thermal that that's a slope soaring. So I did I gave it a little throw, but I'm soaring on the side of a volcano, a a side of a mountain. So the wind is blowing up the mountain, creating slope lift. So you can fly like the birds, like I don't know if you've ever seen them just soar buildings even. Yeah. Um, but so that right there, I was just flying back and forth on the air that's running up the mountain. But so what I what I what that that plane is designed for though is you can take it from the wingtip and spin around a 360 and throw and the plane will go 200 feet high. Like mm. I don't know if you got a chance to see anything else on yep, any of my other videos watch, but yeah. like um it's it is mind blowing what you see cuz it's the highest thrown anything in the world like the the guy that holds the world record for height um to- Toby Herrera in New Mexico in Albuquerque he I think he's broken 330 feet so you just spin around and you throw this thing and it pops out of your hand the same way you pop a, di- a disc, but just like you keep your arm long and you come around and you swing and yeah. throw out of a 360 and the disc and, and, the, and the plane gets pitched up into this angle that you put it in and it just goes like an arrow up until it almost stalls and you push it over. Well, he has the highest recorded that like a, a year and a half ago at 330 some feet. It's mind blowing what these mm. things do. That's but intense. learning to fly <laughs> these and learning to catch a thermal and, and fly like I, I've raced hawks and beat hawks up in their own thermal, and and it's it's just been an incredible experience. But what it's taught me is how to read air, how to understand what's going yeah. on. Like, uh, I'll give you an experience that you've got. I know that you've experienced it, but you didn't know what to do with it. Is you've been sitting on the fairway or somewhere, open field, and all of a sudden you feel cold air, little breeze, cold air breeze goes on you. Mm-hmm. You feel it on your arms. You feel it on your neck. <laughs> Right? It's ghosts. No, it's thermos. <laughs> the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Perhaps. Pineapple. So if hot air is just basic science class, right? If hot air is rising, it's got to be displacing something, right? And so right. up above, the higher you go, the colder the air gets. Mm-hmm. So as hot air rises outside of it, cold air is being displaced. So cold air begins being pushed down as the hot air goes up. Okay. So if you feel cold air, it's because you're in sync. So 
here's the experience that you know. You know that there's been a few times you've ripped on a disc and you know you got everything out of it. And it went, instead of 350 feet, it went 280 or 300, right? And you're like, no, man, I got a hold of that. What happened? And the disc just kind of fell to the ground. And you just had no clue why. And then another time you've thrown a disc, you've ripped on it, and you know you got it half-assed. It was, you didn't get on that donkey and ride. You know it. And that thing got down the fairway and kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going. You're like, what did I do there? I just threw it 400 feet. I'm, a, I'm an amazing human being. And all of a sudden, you know, confirmation bias is like, of course I'm amazing. You know? Right. Naturally. <laughs> That's... So, so if you want to live in, if you want to live in the in, in in the spiritual realm and just believe that you're amazing, go ahead. But I've got some stuff to explain to you what happened, <laughs> and, and and why you were amazing at that moment, right? Like, and so what would be going on down the fairway in that situation is you threw into a mass of air that was rising, and I can tell you, I've I've had one of these planes soar about eight feet above the ground for almost two minutes by just staying in a thermal. You would think, how is air rising? eight feet off the ground and sustaining a 200 gram plane, but it does. And so like you can throw a disc out there and, and if you catch, if you get into one of those thermal masses, that's that sometimes they can be 200, 300 feet wide. You're going to, that disc can keep going and going and going and going. And which could be really bad. But if you know where they're at, if you learn to read where they're at, excuses, man, you can know what you, <laughs> you can, people get on the tee or get, oh, so let's use an example. People get up and they get ready to putt. And they pick up some some grass and they throw it in the grass. Right. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so I have a side wind, right? Like, or they go like this, and you know, got in your face, it's a headwind. That's not just to so, look cool. <laughs> it's, it's precisely to look cool because grass oh, okay. in your face All is right. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what to do with it, it is to look cool. That you're like, I think yeah. I know what I'm doing here. Yeah, exactly. You've never used it in practice. You've never, like, all of a sudden, you just are a master at reading the wind when you've never even tried picking up grass before, but you saw somebody do it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, they do it on, on, on YouTube, YouTube all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's obviously what I'm supposed to do. It's Right. There's no end. No, so um, I've used it on the green a ton because what happens is, like, you can throw grass in the air, and if it's moving across, you kind of know you have a side wind or a little bit of a headwind. But is the headwind lifting or is the headwind sinking? And this is one of those things that, I mean, it's, it, they give PhDs in meteorology. So, like, I'm just scratching the surface of, like, what they learn on probably day one. But this is just, it's really incredible stuff because I can take dust now. You can just take dust instead of grass. Grass is heavy. It falls. Take dust and go poof. And watch what it does. Watch Watch what the dust does. If the dust starts going up, like you see a tractor plow a field and dust starts rising, it's, there's a thermal behind it. Sometimes you'll see a tractor plowing a field and the dust is just rolling on the ground. There's no thermal activity. So like I've, I've had it happen where cars have gone by, they kicked up dust and I see dust using, and I'm like, oh, this, I, all I got to do is hit center and don't even try and lift it and it'll ride and like it'll ride, right? And there's times that I've had the same kind of thing happen. I throw and I throw and the dust just goes to the ground. I know I have to putt high because I'm reading what the air is doing in my location for this moment. And so this is, it's disc. What's going on around me. Sometimes it's too much to deal with, but for the most part, I mean, the more information you have, the more informed you are down the fairway. Those birdies I've gotten just by getting reads off of other people's discs. Like, wow, I'm amazing. And the disc lifted and went out of bounds. And I know that there's a thermal halfway down the fairway. And I played 
to the right more and let this lift and then just drop it on the basket. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. Man, you're about you bag of vans. Next time I'm playing with so, someone and I, I feel like my drive, happened. I'm going to go, I'm going to look, look at everyone and go, it must have been the thermals. Yeah, just drop my disc right out of the sky. That's though. that's Damn my story thermals. now, man. That's, do you use the, that? The, the grass is going to shine. I saw it. Pete Reach towards the side at seven a.m. Damn you! I just feel like I got Rodney, but like in a comprehensive way. like they throw a shot, they miss. Like it's thermals, it's thermals. Thermals. Yes, thermals. Now I understand. I'm not wearing thermals, bro. Quit saying that. That's awesome. Well, we yeah. just went one through a major time warp. One of my favorite stories with this, if you if you want a disc golf story, is is I was playing with my brother, and at the time his his uh, wife was Katrina Allen, and I was playing with them at the Vista Course at a league, and I saw what the air was doing, and I could see that the the leaves on the fairway like is fall, the leaves were blowing across, but where we were at, it was a it was a tail, right? Like I could see what was going on, and that what we were feeling at this moment, 150 feet, 200 feet down the fairway, was something else. And my brother was just being sarcastic to me. And he's like, so what's it going to do? And I said, well, if you just throw your disc high right now, um, we have a tailwind. For the first 150 feet, it's going to want to sink. But when you get that height right, when it gets over to the hill over there, the air is going left to right, and it's going to push it to the right and lift you to the basket. And he's like, all right. He almost aced it. So I just was watching this, and he just That's turned awesome. around and looked at me like, "You jerk! You're a jerk, right? Like, how could you know?" I that? hate you. So As an Kat older, got up. <laughs> exactly. So Cat got up after she goes, "Okay, so what's it gonna do?" And so like I could see how the air had moved, and I could see that the the thermal was now between us, and that we had less influence from a tailwind, but there was air mass in the middle because the leaves were moving, and that at the basket wasn't much it was the, so at the basket if we know the air is lifting here on the other side of that air mass cold air is going to be going down and so i said you're going to want to throw it high and push it through because it when it gets to the basket it's going to it's going to fall and so she threw it and it was high 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 and it was like almost the point where you're like oh you didn't know what you're talking about and then the moment it got past that middle section all of a sudden the disc dropped out of the sky she missed it by this and you're like but it's I'm just one of those girl. it's one of my favorite stories to tell of it is like <laughs> Screw you, Pete. You're good at everything. <laughs> I appreciate how you tell it in older brother form with, with your impersonations of, of both yeah. people. Because I'm an older brother, so I do that too. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Which way is it going to go, bro? <laughs> you suck, man. What is it going to do now? <laughs> that, is, that is good stuff right there. Oh, man. So you're uh, that's, that's I know that part of it. Well, you said that uh, you just, uh, we talked a little bit off the air and you said that you just got done. This is another funny story that connects us. But when I was 18, I worked for this guy named Jack that owns this place called, or, or did, I imagine it's way gone now, but it is this place called white mountains online. And it was like a computer shop and an ISP when it was just dial up back then. Um, but, uh, he was the president of the white mountain disc golf association. And you just finished putting in a course with him in pine top. Didn't you? Um, so at the moment, uh, what's going on is he's been he's been in the ear of the city for kind of years on this situation because there's this there's woodland woodland it's the separate words is what yeah that's that yeah yeah Jack thing you got to have it um so woodland is its course in and of itself it's about a mile away from the lake and then there's Woodland Lake Park and the city I believe just got a hold of that property and um, 
he's been in with the city on trying to get disc golf into that park for years, but it was basically owned by forest service lease to the city type of a situation. So at the moment they, they have a course going in there. So I've been involved to an extent of like giving some advice gotcha. um, okay. on like how, how to, how, how the flow could work, some things like that. I'm going to go up and help them like with a few things. It's not my project necessarily. I'm just going to try and like uh, give, give some advice where I can. And I just realized um, I how I said that too. Done. And I, and he's not an asshole. I, I worked for him. I was a punk kid. I did not like working for him. And I even mentioned to Pete off the air, I'm sure if I had met him through disc golf, I would have become fast friends with him. Not the way it worked out. But I just remembered, hey, we're on a podcast. Probably good to put a little disclaimer in there. Sorry, Pete. Keep on going. <laughs> you might mute that. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can see him now. You better edit that. Post. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, uh, <sighs> Yeah, so so basically, um, I just you know with Discraft help them get an order of baskets ready to go, and so um, that uh, yeah, so that's going on right now. I've got another course that I built up there. It's an amazing course. I can't wait. One of these days when you get back up there, you're gonna have to play. It's basically becoming one of the best courses in the state, if not the best course. And it's just kind of uh, some friends of mine had 30 acres just the road for me and said hey we want to put disc golf and like one thing led to another it was just gonna be a little nine hole course it's a little um youth church camp that they kind of operate you know and uh people rent the property to hold you know camps and stuff and um started off as a little nine hole and then it's one of those disc golf stories where he he's a he's a hunter he holds like the like maybe the i think he's in the top 10 or top 15 for number one or largest bull elk ever ever taken wow um in arizona like like he's it's oh. hanging up in 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 the world oh. like but in arizona yeah it's one of the top ones in arizona too but arizona holds a couple of the world records i think yeah, they're big okay. at least i was camping in uh what makes them so big in arizona i woke up with a, a pack of them standing in the middle of our campsite i woke up to <laughs> that'll, <laughs> that'll scare the living Daylight's and I just you've never heard unzipped the tent a little bit and looked, and there was like seven of them all in the middle of our campsite. Just, <sighs> I was like, "Oh my god, never going in the yeah, woods they again." Do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. They're they're intense. Um, but yeah, so anyways, like he's a, he's a hunter fisherman guy, like uh, you know, uh, hard worker, and and uh, so he was like, "Yeah, disc golf. Let's just put it on," you know, like yeah. whatever, and. So once we started getting it going, the property had to have a lot of work, had a lot of forestry needed to happen, had a lot of dense woods, like thin pine trees, you know, like that uh, needed taken out. And, and so it was going to be quite a project. Well, he, I was running the top of the pines tournament and he said, hey, I'm going to come out and watch. And I really, honestly, I expected him to like come out and watch for like 20 minutes and be like, yeah, all right, I go, go fishing or something. Um, he stayed. And then he said, well, when's the next round? And he, came out and watched again and followed and then uh he said well I, i'm supposed to be going to church in the morning but i'm gonna come out in the morning for a little while and so he came out for the final round and about halfway through he says i gotta go I'll, I'll talk to you later all right man you know and so um the next day you know two days later he calls me he says hey you know all them trees you marked i marked like 500 trees because the forest was dense i marked like 500 trees i knocked them all down but I ain't going to do anything else. I'm not doing more work. This is too much work. I don't got time for it, you know? And so I'm like, all right, I'll go out and look. So I go check that, went and checked the place out. And uh, like, we still needed a whole lot more. And so we re really worked out for the design of the course. And then I marked some more 
And like a couple weeks later, like, no, it was literally the next week he calls me. You know, those other trees you marked, I cut them down too. But I'm not doing anything until September. You know, like, I'm, I'm, bu- I'm busy. I don't got time for this. This is more work than I thought, you know. And he, he, then, uh, uh, you know, a week later, you know, all those trees? Yeah. And yeah, he's, I, I hauled them all out. So they're out of the way now. You know, I ain't doing it. And they just kept happening over and over and over for like a couple, like almost a month and a half. Like every week you call, I'm not going to do any more. And then he'd be like, well, you know what? I think we want to make it into 18 holes. And so then I had another project, right? And we just did all this. So like he, uh, he, I mean, he put him and his family put up, put in so much work to this property and we got like, everything just worked out and I won't go through the whole long story of it, but we ended up with turf tees. We ended up with sandblasted T signs, dreams. Like I would have never asked for these things. And it was like, it always ended up being like, well, my buddy owns a, gra- a grass, you know, artificial turf company. Well, my buddy has a, his brother, his, uh, brother owns a new machine to cut out you know t-signs out of sandblasting you know everything worked out and it's just an amazing problem well, that's disc golf so, like, in the essence kinda, right there kind of like what we just did saturday yeah. yeah i have i'm running the music city open and it's the national tour finale this year and so we're developing a new course mm-hmm. and we need t-pads so i was trying mm-hmm. to source turf i had 2,000 square feet drop in my lap but i had 10 days to get it out and it looked at the start of the day like it was impossible and it worked out perfectly (laughs) due to all kinds of things just falling into place like that. But we ended up with 21, either 12 by five or 13 by six T pads for the course. So it's just, yeah, they they really are so awesome to have man compared to concrete. Oh yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, but speaking of the music city open, uh, your brother just signed up for it. It's in the end of September. And if yeah. you want to, if National you, uh, you know, I know you just won the memorial, so you know, just golf snaps for that. Just maybe you want to come try and get another, another big win. Maybe just uh, come out of Nashville. You can put in your memoirs. Maybe we'll put you up in a place to stay. You can come. put in my memoirs. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, <laughs> I've got it. We'll, we'll yeah. see what we'll see what happens. I've got a lot of. There's a lot of ground between oh, yeah. here and yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I've traveled it several Texas times, and it sucks to mm-hmm. drive through. I know what it, I know what it's like. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, there's um, nothing. But I'll tell you, man. One of my favorite things that I, I, so this is this 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 we can have on our podcast here for this situation. All right, we've all been there. We've all done it. We've all played way too much golf. Uh, you said you've probably been almost been divorced several times by uh, pushing your limits. Um, this is a conversation I have with all the, all the young guys that come in because they come in and it's just like it's just like religion man they come in and all of a sudden they're preaching the gospel for the next two years and then they get burnt out and they run away you know like, but uh one thing is is make sure um that this is just advice to everybody on the planet that's ever going to take up this sport make sure you take care of your priorities make sure that you uh um you know one of the, I, I started a hashtag thing on like another instagram called hashtag thousand rated life because if i'm if i'm killing it on the disc golf course and i suck as a as a dad or i suck as a husband then it doesn't matter because i'm, I'm yep. losing your life and you know if i'm 80 or 700 at, at life at these other these other things then then it doesn't matter man because that that means that you fall into that jerk category right. and so my goal is that like i make sure that um and that's helped in my practice that's helped in the way that i i approach practice because having an eight-year-old you know for the last couple of years he wasn't eight years old. he's he was he was perfectly timed that after the second putt fell, he was right there. And so that makes putting practice more challenging, right? And so I learned that if I could just get, you know, 18 putts in, in a day, if I focused on those putts, that was all I needed. 
And that's what sustained me for several years, you know, not being able to get a thousand putts, you know, like if I could putt 18 focus the same way I'd put putt in practice, then that allowed me to be a thousand rated dad. It allowed me to, you know, to not burn the candle at all the ends and still be able to play some leagues and still be able to go out and, and do the things. And, and it made sure that I wasn't, you know, when I should be sitting down, hanging out, having dinner with wife, I will not out practicing putting or doing other things because I'm picking my battles and I'm picking the places that I go. So if, when you get into this thing and you start playing and you start just falling in love with all the things about it, make sure that you just keep your other things in line. And if there, there are ways to practice and ways to do this game where you can get really good at it. If you're focused, um, without wrecking your life. <laughs> it's funny, man. <laughs> that's it. That's my, that's beautiful. I, I feel so you. you beat. I do, man. I, uh, I was talking earlier about over-practicing. I, I've, I've been a victim of that. Yeah. Victimized myself, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, then eventually once you work so hard physically, it gets into your head and then you have a mental sure. thing. But no, it's so weird because we were just talking about things working out the way they're supposed to. The, the universe unfolding as it should. Well, one of the things that we do with every guest, Mark, we have a segment called Just the Tip that Marcus does with each guest where we ask each guest to give the audience a tip. It doesn't have to be about a throwing tip. doesn't have to be uh, anything like that, but a tip for disc golf. And you, we didn't even, he, didn't, he didn't even have to give you the speech or, or ask you for it. You just it. like... I can lock it down. I can. I can he's, really. He's like, as you say, a closer into one of them bottles <laughs> right closer. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great, man. I can't even believe. So, so go ahead. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll distill it. Like uh, number one, favorite guy to listen to. Favorite uh, books. I like yeah. to listen to audiobooks. And Bob Botella has a book called um, "Putting Out of Your Mind." It's like an hour-long listen, maybe. One of the best books it's you can experience. It's just not putting out of your mind? Uh, others of his are like putting out of your mind. Shut up, Jay. Putting <laughs> is a little bit different. Like I, I one time crashed on my bicycle so hard that when I pudding. stood up, I had like pudding come out of my nose. and It was, it was like yeah. brain juice. I thought, I don't know what it was. Lost, never bled, Like, but I've had it happen, so I understand what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> but putting, putting out of your mind. Um. The other one is called golf is not a game of perfect. Or if you're in for the long haul, the, the how champions think is like a 16, 18 hour listen. And I promise you it's, it's the best like 25 bucks you've ever spent in your life. You get that audiobook and listen on long, long drives. But every that I learned, the thing I learned in my youth, everything I learned in, in the ways we're supposed to act in the ways that we're supposed to think in the ways that we are trying to get control of our, 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 our faculties so that we are decent human beings and decent for society. Um, I started finding in disc golf. I started finding ways to do this. And then when I listened to Bob Rotella's book, all of a sudden, all that stuff that I had known was brought into a, a language that I really understood and it made it a practical application. So the practical application of all of this, of, of like, if, if you, like I said, if you make sure to, focus on every putt as if it was the same way you would putt in a tournament, then you have no expectations other than you're going to do the exact same Practice thing. Practice the way you play. If you wing a thousand putts, if you wing a thousand putts, you don't get to wing a thousand putts. The other is, is that one of my main, so this is the, I think, I suppose this is a long tip, but <laughs> that's okay. Great. You're, you're playing like you're, 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 when you're playing your practice rounds, and or you're playing leagues or you're playing things that matter less than than what you hope to have in tournament 
Um, I'll often see a guy is they'll miss their first putt and they immediately grab their second putter and they wing it in. And I'm, I've, I've been kind of in a way preaching against that for a while because what it does is the, what I'm going to ask you guys, this is out for poll. What does everybody say when they throw their second? Putt? Always goes in. I always make mm-hmm. my second. Right. Putt. I don't know about them. I make my first ones. Uh, second putt always yep. goes in. I, I fell into the same trap, man. Like, that's the year no, on the right not. track. Like, I, I'm not gonna be second. <laughs> I'm a damn good putter. I mean, maybe not good at disc golf, but I can put pretty it's well. The whiskey. Never gonna be second putt guy anymore. I've, I've, I'm getting rid of that guy. <laughs> yeah, screw that guy. Now I notice when I over practice my putting in my but backyard. I'm gonna make. I'm, so I, so I well. just whenever I get up and practice, I'd go first. First putt's always in, and I'd throw that's my first good. putt in. I like that. Yeah, for sure. I, I burn myself out. You really ever quick, heard? So I make sure that I get. I go get the focus reps, and then. If I'm going to do a lot of putting, it needs to be like competition to get somebody in. Like, I wonder instead of like saying first putt always goes in, if you could substitute something like Chevy Chase. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Something that would make you like, I don't know. You ever heard the same? Like, like, you know, you know, you listen to audiobooks and you like long reads. Everybody kind of like Heinberg's once. pizza in the oven. Know, right? Everybody, <laughs> say once. Everybody talk right now. <laughs> you ever heard when you um, heard the saying like your body doesn't understand the word don't? No. Yeah. Um, you better. So I've always heard, always, always been told, uh, don't say don't hit that tree because you will hit that tree. Oh, yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm a good putt guy. Yeah. Yeah. I say can't because can't can't do anything. Yeah. You're like, your body doesn't understand don't. So you say don't hit that oh, tree. Man. You're basically saying your body, hey, hey go ahead. Hit that tree. Hit that tree. Got it. <laughs> That's almost like that. Uh, what's that? Uh, the secret? Yeah. Or were you? That made up book. Yeah, exactly. The they talk about how you project, you know, in the universe. Just whether you talk about it positively or negatively, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're still producing it. So, yeah. kind of the same thing. What you put out there, brother? What a night. Pudding. Yeah. Pete, I have something Pete, for you that before was awesome, you go. man. I learned a lot of stuff from you, dude. So, like, uh, one of the things about this is that, like, what? Okay. <laughs> wow. That is a massive delay. <laughs> my, my screen Finished has frozen. Strong. In a giant, oh, yeah. frozen now too. We've blurred away. <laughs> come back, Pete. Come back. Are, are you still here? Pete. Did the internet say? I see you are guys you, are having. Can you hear us? An entirely too long of a conversation. You need to turn yeah. this down. That was that's. What, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Okay, okay, so since you like long reads on your audio books, I'm, I'm a big <laughs> fan as well. This is a fiction book. Hour I first believed. Hour I first believed Wally Lamb. It's twenty five hours. What the f- what? Okay, Dang. that's a whole day. Boy, it's a, it, it is one of the absolute for a fiction book. It's uh, one of the best a, ones I've read. Morning, in a while. afternoon, or dinner? Which one? Or listen to rather. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is this is our longest podcast yet. I think this is going to top the longest podcast we've this ever had. Even yeah, well, I didn't even notice it. It just you know, snapped I think right we back. Went, that is it, a long uh, read. It's, a, it's, after, it's, it's after not the, a boring read. It's a very yeah. good read. So it won't feel like that. Stop. I think we have a major, Pete? major lag. Yeah. It's, it's that okay. time. Mm-hmm. The internet is saying, what are you doing? I think we broke the internet, Pete. Yeah, we broke the internet. I'm just an audio book head, so I feel you. When people are into it. 
goggles on the I'm way. No, uh, it's your giant awesome. brain. It, it made the it made the internet just completely shut down while we were trying to do this. Now this is what I was getting at is like this is always becomes an issue when we're doing remote podcasts. Is there's a lag? No matter even if it's going really really well, it's always just feels a little bit disjointed and unnatural. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if we ever can make it happen and you can ever come visit Nashville, get in the uh, lounge. We would definitely love to make that happen. Whatever we got to do and do this in the studio where we can. Yeah, we can. We got a place you can like crash. Hours. Yeah, yeah. We got to wire wire him in. Wire it in, man. Forget that wireless stuff. Just well, Pete, I don't know how long of a delay you're getting from what I'm saying to what what you're saying, but we're not. I, I was just hearing you catch like your vote, your audio was catching up from like thirty seconds ago. Where are give me a, a nod your blink your eyes twice if you are being held hostage. You're a good failure. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Okay. All right, we got you. We still you. got him. We still got him. <laughs> oh, lift the head and. No, man. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to do this to the audience. I apologize for the the Zoom being difficult and the video being weird, but the audio, I think, as long as it's not picking up, the recording isn't picking up the weird glitchy sound that we're hearing because you're not hearing it, so there's hope. But Zoom is just doing something weird tonight. So, um, and I, I I also feel like between the the five of us or some combination of this group of people, we could probably do five or six of these yeah. and go three hours. So, um, can we put a pin in this and, and have a round two? Absolutely. That would be fantastic. Great. That sounds wonderful to me, man. I really like um, to Like you said, that. I'm sorry. I talk a lot. So, I just, uh, like, I can keep going and going. That's and what podcasts maybe are Maybe I become redundant. I don't know, but that's what. No. You should no. think about your own podcast. No, I picked up quite a few um Earth nuggets from you. Yeah, a lot of I love that man. Brain nuggets. You have no idea how much you're going to use that. <laughs> brain nuggets in the pudding. It's, it adds a little bit of texture. It's I love great. it. Uh, uh, we no, think man. about thermals on the uh, on the on the course now. I never even thought about it that way. Yeah. Except for in the winter, I know my discs aren't going to go as far because it's cold. I'm not getting as much thermal, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, but cool. the air is a little bit more um, dense, so you're going to. It works out. Oh, and look at this. Three hours in, Zoom decides to work right. I can yeah, see him wow. push to Dude, you're I mean, like all of a sudden you are moving back. Dude, you're like 4K. You're like crispy again. I'm grabbing, oh, I'm grabbing everything and I'm throwing it out doing? the window. We're going back to Skype. Marcus, how is it working so perfect now? I have no idea, but he's... Because the like, neighbor logged no off. Delay. Yeah. I mean, I'm still hearing that glitchy sound, but hopefully, like I said, that's just Zoom and not something it's actually gotta be recording. It has to be. Wow. Well. But yeah, so anyway, man, this has been an absolute gas. And thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I think we're going to probably actually be recording another episode tomorrow. And speaking of wives nearly divorcing me, it's already about 10 o'clock our time. So we probably yeah. better wrap this thing <laughs> oh, up. Man. Curfew. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for uh, having me on. And um, uh, thanks for allowing kind of the dive into all the different, I realize they're there are large rabbit holes and large wormholes off to other directions. <laughs> Absolutely. From religion to politics whatever but um you know thanks a lot and um hopefully we'll get you guys a whole lot more subscribers too man i can't oh, yeah. wait to do it again so yeah. uh we'll we'll go ahead and schedule that probably i don't know maybe like a month window to let it breathe a little bit and then we'll come back and hopefully zoom will cooperate a little bit more but we'll talk about maybe uh beginning of may maybe after ddo we'll talk about it okay. see if we can pick a day party 
Um, you gonna come out? Right. Well, that's when I hit age. I'm gonna like the eighth of May. I turn 42. So like at that moment, I'm gonna have the answer to life, liberty, and everything. Man. Perfect. Sweet. You spoken like so Matthew McConaughey. And the universe. And the universe. And the universe. Sweet, bro. I'll challenge you on some of that. Is cancer asking too much? What's that? Is cancer asking too much? Can we get? Can we take care of that too while we're on? Yes, we're please. I'd love to get rid of that bastard. I don't have the answer. Okay. Well. I'm not going to go put, there. Put, put your thinking camp on. We're counting on you, Pete. <laughs> I, I, I eat very healthy. That's what I'll yeah, answer. That's, exactly. okay, right. well, that's a good answer. Right. Yeah. Countries where they eat a lot of tofu, oh, you know, oh, prostate okay. cancer. Have you ever seen Ethiopian food? Interesting. Yeah. Neither have they. That's true. No, uh, yeah, so uh, May 8th is oh, yeah, yeah. your birthday. <laughs> oh, wait till the thing's over. That is a Saturday. Like a Saturday. That's a Saturday. So what do you say, like, May 10th? We'll just We'll just call it now. Put it on the table. Two days after your birthday, six days Monday, before May 10th. We'll talk more. Just for presumption, as well. But what? Yeah, I'm a tourist baby. Also, shut up, Jake. Play with your fidget spinner. You may not spinner. like us anymore. I'm gonna put you in the tonight. timeout chair. Marcus took his. He may not yellow. like us anymore. I took a spinner. I'm gonna take your toys away from you all and put them in my drawer, and you're not gonna get them back to the end of the night. I've got a spinner. All right, Mr. Uh, but yes, Pete. Thank you once again so much, and ever so awesome talking to you. We'll do it again in the very near future. Thank your family for letting us borrow you. Yep. And have a lovely evening. Yeah. Have a good one. Thank have you. Have a good one. Thank you. See you, buddy. So did. All right, guys. Well, how fun was that? I had, as you said that earlier, Will, a real gas. Four hours. That was awesome. And it felt like not four hours. So that was like obviously like good. Our, last, our longest podcast ever. Yeah. Really? What? It is definitely going to be the longest one. We're still recording, by the way, but you guys can go ahead and walk away. Marcus is trying to yo yo. <laughs> check and my dancing Woo. shoes um but yeah anyway guys thanks for tuning in this has been episode 32 we'll wrap it up since we've already uh, outstayed our welcome in the sapphire lounge <laughs> and i'm wearing out my welcome at home as we speak our studio <laughs> our studio hours are dwindling Neil, thank you so much for coming over and hanging out with us dude this has been a blast oh yes, I, had, I had a great time man I welcome was, to nashville uh, yeah thank you thanks man i, I love it here so you guys are very welcoming love it love yeah. my new community Guess what, guys? I have no idea who's going to be on the podcast next week. No, I'm just kidding. I have do have an idea. It's probably oh, yeah. if I can get J Ray here in time, we're going to have J Ray over. So, uh, yeah, Ray J. Yep. So we'll catch you guys on the flip. Like, share, subscribe, rate, review, and hey, keep it real. And you know, uh, make sure to check that you're not wearing the wrong color when you step into another tur- uh, set's turf. That's you know, yeah. that's my just the tip. For Bonus. That's all I'm saying. Three tips. tips from one day. Right there, yeah, bro. three tips in one episode. Dang. Pro tips. Tip like Peace. Let the bass kick.